Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and we are here with you exploring the byways of jazz history, the cobwebby corners of jazz recorded history, as we say. And today, we're going to be featuring the music of a particular band. And this was a band that was quite legendary for a very short period of time. Uh, it was an African-American dance band that was active in New York in the very late 1920s into the very early 1930s. Uh, and it was led by a piano player from Panama named Louis Russell. Louis Russell was born in 1902 in Panama, and he was trained as a classical pianist. Uh, he had a bit of a music career there. He actually won a lottery for several thousand dollars in about 1920 or so, which was a huge amount of money at the time, and uh, relocated from Panama to New Orleans with his mother and sister, so the story goes. And he started playing in groups there. Uh, Tom Anderson's Cafe, he made the acquaintance of a number of New Orleans musicians at the time who later played in his band. About the mid-20s, 1924, 25 or so, he moved to Chicago with many of those players, and he began playing with King Oliver's big band, the Dixie Syncopators, uh, and various other names as well. And he recorded with them uh, in 1926, 27, ultimately came to New York with that band in 1928. Uh, 27, 28 thereabouts, and the band kind of broke up. Oliver was not a very good leader, uh, commercial leader at any rate, and uh, the band kind of lost all its work. Many of the players coalesced around the person of Louis Russell, and uh, they put together a, a, a dance band, a pretty typically instrumented 10-piece dance band that began to play at the Saratoga Club. And uh, initially it was a smaller group, and uh, as, as time went on and they became more popular, uh, Russell fleshed it out a bit. And so at various times, including the, the period we're going to be covering in this podcast, the players uh, were Red Allen, the great New Orleans trumpet player, Henry Red Allen, who had uh, played with King Oliver for a while. He'd come up uh, to New York to play with Clarence Williams briefly and then returned because he got homesick to, for New Orleans. But uh, by 1928 29, he was in New York to stay. We're going to hear J.C. Higginbottom on trombone, not a New Orleans player, but a, one of the underrated, unsung jazz trombone players of the period whose career went up into the 1960s. On clarinet, a New Orleans uh, stalwart named Albert Nicholas, who by this point had, all, had traveled far and wide. He'd been to Europe, he'd been to India, he'd played in China. Uh, he was about to go, I think, to China a little bit after this. Um, and uh, very well seasoned musician in that way. He played saxophone and all the clarinet solos, most of which we're going to hear. And then Charlie Holmes from Boston on alto saxophone. He was the lead alto player. He was Johnny Hodge's brother-in-law and had a similar rich style to his playing. We'll hear him on soprano sax as well. Louis Russell on piano. Uh, on guitar, uh, a fellow I believe was from uh, New Orleans, uh, 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 Will Johnson, who played banjo and guitar, occasionally sang as well. Then Paul Barbron was on drums. He played vibraphone occasionally as well. And Pops Foster on bass. Both of those fellows from New Orleans, definitely. So a very definite Crescent City flavor. And the musicians uh, in this band who lived long enough to be interviewed and write autobiographies and so forth recall this as one of the happiest times of their career when they actually enjoyed going to work at night. There was quite a sense of brotherhood in the band. It wasn't a band that played very complicated arrangements. Uh, like the Basie band from 10 years later, they were playing a lot of stock, or rather a lot of head arrangements and some stock arrangements, uh, a lot of solos, uh, and uh, a really driving four-beat style that was uh, part of uh, the charm of Pops Foster's bass playing. He was he and Wellman Bro, a fellow New Orleans bass player, were the first. Uh, 
players to play in dance bands in New York regularly on uh, string bass. They also played tuba, both of them, but both of them phased that out after a while. And so uh, Bro with Ellington and uh, Pops Foster with Louis Russell really were instrumental in turning uh, the beat into that four-beat sound that we get to the uh, get when we get to the swing era, and that was partly due to the demands of the dancers who started dancing the dance we call the Lindy Hop, and later on sort of morphed into the Jitterbug. But that required a four-beat pulse, and uh, Pops Foster was more than up to the task, as well was Paul Barber. So we're going to start out with a tune called the Saratoga Shout, a very uh, appropriate tune. These uh, Louis Russell recordings were done for the OK Company. They weren't terribly well recorded, but uh, they really preserved the energy and the, 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 the drive of this band very, very well. You get to hear Pops Foster pretty clearly, too. So Saratoga Shout came from January 24th of 1930, and from there we're going to go to the next date, May 29th of 1930, and we're going to hear Louisiana Swing. Uh, Saratoga Shout was a, a tune that was based on uh, the chord changes and form of the spiritual When the Saints Go Marching In, which hadn't been recorded as a jazz tone and wouldn't be until 1936 or so when Louis Armstrong recorded it uh, at the front of the Louis Russell Band. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Then we're going to move over to uh, another tune. These were mostly original tunes by various members of the Russell Band. Muggin' Lightly from September 5th of 1930. And uh, I'll be giving you the soloist on here as we go, but uh, this gives you an idea of uh, the types of tunes. Then we're going to hear a blues, The New Call of the Freaks, a very atmospheric tune that sounded in some ways like Chant of the Weed, the Don Redmond tune, but had a uh, kind of a, a spooky quality to it. And uh, that was from... The first recording, or the first date that this band uh, in this particular guise recorded, September 6th of 1929, and I'll tell you the full personnel there was Henry Allen on trumpet, Bill Coleman also played trumpet, although he was more the lead trumpet player, and he was replaced on these other sessions by Otis Johnson, J.C. Higginbottom along with Albert Nicholas and Charlie Holmes, Teddy Hill was playing tenor sax, he was uh, later to find fame in jazz history as the uh, proprietor of the club, uh, Teddy Hill's club, where uh, a lot of the bebop music the early bebop musicians worked out their ideas in the early 1940s. We're also going to hear, as I said, um, Louis Russell on piano, Will Johnson on banjo and guitar, Pops Foster on bass, might hear him a little bit on tuba in one place, Paul Barber on drums and vibraphone. And on Call of the Freaks, new Call of the Freaks, we're going to hear Red Allen, J.C. Higginbottom, and apparently Louis Metcalf, who came in. He played trumpet in the earlier band, but he just came in to join his voice with Allen's and Higginbottom's in a trio on new Call of the Freaks. We're going to finish up that um, set uh, with a tune from December 17th of 1929, Dr. Blues. And uh, we'll hear a good soloist from all of those fellows that I just mentioned and a really driving beat, Louis Russell and his uh, orchestra. And we're going to start out uh, with, as I said, the Saratoga Shout, followed by uh, Louisiana Swing, Muggin' Lightly, The New Call of the Freaks, and Dr. Blues.
So from the winter and spring of 1929 and uh, 1930 as well, we hear the Louis Russell Orchestra, who uh, were at the time performing at the Saratoga Club for dancing. I don't know if they did shows or not. Uh, they weren't considered a, a really crack reading band, although I'm sure some of them read very well, but I think they were more known for their dance beat, as you could hear on those tunes. We started out with the Saratoga Shout. Uh, the first strain was based on the changes in the form of the Saints Go Marching In. It went into a blues after that. They tended to keep uh, the uh, the solo parts on the simpler side just because that's kind of what drove the performances in this band. Then we heard Louisiana Swing, followed by Muggin' Lightly, then an out-and-out -out blues, a very down-in-the-alley blues called The New Call of the Freaks, which uh, he had recorded a year or two earlier as simply The Call of the Freaks, and uh, a little chanted vocal by Red Allen, J.C. Higginbottom, and Louis Metcalf in there. And then ended up with Dr. Blues, all of which featured Albert Nicholas on clarinet, Charlie Holmes on alto sax, a little bit of tenor sax by Teddy Hill in there, Red Allen on trumpet, J.C. Higginbottom on trombone, and Otis Johnson or Bill Coleman on lead trumpet, uh, or uh, second trumpet in some cases, although they didn't solo, along with a rhythm section of Louis Russell, Will Johnson, Pops Foster, and Paul Barberin. And these were, as I said, all done by this band, largely influenced by New Orleans, but uh, playing uh, big band arrangements. This did, as I said, grew out of the King Oliver uh, Dixie Syncopators band from Chicago. Several of these musicians, including Russell, Barberin, and uh, uh, Albert Nicholas, played in, in, uh, in the middle 1920s, 26, 27. So while Louis Art Russell's band was making those recordings for OK, Red Allen was leading a parallel uh, series of recordings for RCA Victor. And uh, these were done by the same band and probably were arrangements, or many of them were arrangements, that the Louis Russell band was playing. They were obviously uh, arrangements rather than just jam session charts or things like that. A little bit later on... Uh, Red Allen, of course, uh, led a long series of, of recording dates for Columbia and ARC and so forth doing pop tunes, but these are very definitely uh, arranged tunes, at least most of them are. And so we're going to hear a short set of those and one uh, bonus after that. We're going to start out with a tune called the Sugar Hill Function, and I, this is a, a well enough arranged tune. I think Louis Russell's band had to have played this. Um, these were all done, the ones we're going to listen to anyway, between July of 1929 and July of 1930. So as I said, just very parallel to the Louis Russell series. And the same band. Um, I'll tell you about the personnel in just a second. After Sugar Hill Function, we're going to hear Feeling Drowsy uh, from the first date that they did, actually the second date, July 17th of 1929, followed by Dancing Dave, and then Patrol Wagon Blues featuring a really uh, down and dirty Red Allen vocal, and then the St. Louis Blues. We're going to talk about that in a second. So Sugar Hill Function and uh, Dancing Dave were both done in February of 1930. There was a short period of three or four months, I guess, when Albert Nicholas had left the band. I think he went with Chick Webb's orchestra at the time, and he made some recordings with Clarence Williams and so forth. And after five or six months, came back to the fold and, and started recording again with Russell and with... Um, uh, uh, Red Allen as well. His replacement on this particular date, as well as one we're going to hear with the Louis Russell band uh, proper, was William Thornton Blue, a St. Louis clarinet and saxophone player who had had a very wide-ranging career, almost the equal of Albert Nicholas's. He'd been to Europe with Noble Sissel's band. He'd recorded in St. Louis with Charlie Creeth. Uh, he had... Uh, been to New York a couple of times before going to, to, to Europe and back again, and he 
recorded with the Missourians, which became the Cab Calloway Band, and recorded with the first few sessions of Cab Calloway's orchestra in 1930. He had a very unique buzz tone uh, clarinet style, using growls and flutters and things like that. Very different from Albert Nicholas. And we're going to hear him on both of those tunes, Sugar Hill Function and Dancing Dave, which, as I said, was the third tune. Feeling Drowsy uh, has basically the same band uh, from the uh, uh, Louis Russell day that we, uh, set that we heard. Henry Allen, J.C. Higginbottom, Albert Nicholas, Charlie Holmes, Teddy Hill, Louis Russell, Will Johnson, Pops Foster, and Paul Barber. And there just was not a second trumpet player on a couple of the sessions. Uh, by the time we get to that February session, Otis Johnson was back. Then we're going to, as I said, go to Patrol Wagon Blues, a real favorite of mine with that Henry Red Allen vocal. And that uh, has a couple of personnel changes. Instead of J.C. Hagenbottom, we're going to hear Jimmy Archie on trombone, uh, who was with the Louis Russell Band for a while. Greeley Walton replaces Teddy Hill on tenor sax, and Ernest Bass Hill comes in and plays string bass and tuba as well. And we'll hear some nice low uh, tuba uh, long tones on the Patrol Wagon Blues. Then we're going to go, as I said, to the St. Louis Blues. And this was done for OK Records in December of 1929. The Louis Russell Band, by this point, was backing up Louis Armstrong on personal dates, uh, professional dates, and uh, one-shot dates, things like that, and on recordings, uh, while still making their own recordings. And it wasn't until about 1934, when Louis returned from a trip to Europe, that the Russell Band became his primary backing band. By then it had changed a bit. But on this recording, St. Louis Blues, we're going to hear, of course, Louis Armstrong play most of the trumpet. Uh, I'm picking the uh, non-vocal take, so we hear a little bit more playing in there. You're also going to hear Albert Nicholas and J.C. Higginbottom, and on the first trumpet solo, you're going to hear Red Allen. And otherwise, it's the same band that we heard before uh, with Charlie Holmes, Albert Nicholas, Red Allen, Otis Johnson, and so forth. And uh, very, very driving performance of St. Louis Blues from December of 1929. So that is our set of the Louis Russell Band under other people's names. First, Red Allen and his orchestra doing Sugar Hill Function, Feeling Drowsy, Dancing Dave and Patrol Wagon Blues, and then Louis Armstrong uh, fronting the band for the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> Thank you. 
sure who hates that wagon. I mean that old police patrol. Mm, I sure who hates that wagon. I mean that old police patrol. I'm the best that I can wish it. I hope it falls off in some But it doesn't matter. And when that wagon gets you, make up your mind to go to jail. Mm, but I want when that wagon gets you, make up your mind to go to jail. Your feels just like a hound dog with a tin can tied to his tail.
Driving Plane by Louis Russell and his orchestra, uh, issued under other people's names. We ended up with the Louis Armstrong version of St. Louis Blues. I think that was released in Argentina uh, because it didn't have a vocal, so they just did a straight instrumental. Had some extra Louis, a little bit of Red Allen in there, some great Albert Nicholas on clarinet and J.C. Higginbottom on trombone. We also heard some Charlie Holmes on alto, who was featured on all of the tunes. We started out with... Um, uh, Sugar Hill Function from that uh, February of 1930 date that featured also, in addition to um, rather uh, Charlie Holmes on alto, William Thornton Blue on clarinet, and both of them also appear on the third tune of that set, Dancing Dave. Uh, some very nice William Thornton Blue clarinet, a little bit more straight than he usually played it, and Holmes on soprano sax in that case. So good playing there, along with, of course, Red Allen, who was uh, lending his name to the uh, label for that uh, those performances. And in the middle we heard Feelin' Drowsy, which came from uh, about just exactly a year earlier, July 17th of 1929, featuring some very fine uh, J.C. Higginbottom as well. And then uh, the fourth tune of that set, fifth tune was St. Louis Blue, but the fourth tune was the Patrol Wagon Blues, again featuring some really down-and-dirty Red Allen singing. Uh, he was a great jazz singer. He didn't get to sing on a whole lot of the Louis Russell things, but he did certainly on his own tunes, so very interesting performance. We're going to go back to the uh, tunes that were recorded by Louis Russell's orchestra under that name, under Louis Russell's name from slightly later. We're going to be jumping up to about September of 1930 uh, and beyond. Uh, this band recorded pretty consistently up to 1931, although the band changed very significantly about that time. Uh, they made another date for Banner in 1934 that featured Rex Stewart on cornet. We might be featuring that uh, band on another podcast, and then he recorded in the middle 1940s as well, more of a standard swing interpretation. Louis Russell uh, played music and uh, continued playing piano and so forth up until the time he died in 1963. There was a report he was a cab driver, although apparently he wasn't. He owned a store, he did occasional gigs, he even did a classical piano recital back in Panama when uh, he was on a visit there in the 1950s. He uh, got married fairly late in life and had a daughter named Catherine, who was a very prominent singer in New York uh, these days, and very fine jazz and R&B singer. She even sang backup for Steely Dan. Interesting career there as well. So the tunes we're going to hear on the next set are, uh, again, a series of, of, of usually originals, although one New Orleans jazz tune in there. We're going to start with a tune called High Tension, which was composed by a, I think he was a Belgian trumpet player named David B. Uh, a little bit more of an interesting score than most of these uh, Russell recordings tended to be, but some excellent playing. Then we're going to hear... Uh, Jersey Lightning, which came from a slightly earlier session, that was back to the September session that brought us the new Call of the Freaks, one of the early tunes, features uh, Albert Nicholas right off the bat on that particular recording. Then we're going to hear a slower, uh, bluesier performance called the Saratoga Drag. This came from uh, uh, 1930, December of 1930 performance uh, that uh, had a third trumpet added. Not sure who it was, but uh, otherwise the same band. And then we're going to finish up with the classic of classic New Orleans tunes and one of the great Louis Russell, really one of the great uh, black big band recordings of this period, Panama. Uh, New Orleans jazz standard just storms from beginning to end on this one. And this will feature Red Allen, J.C. Higginbottom, Albert Nicholas, Charlie Holmes, Greeley Walton on tenor sax on this one, and the really... Uh, driving locomotive rhythm section of Louis Russell, Will Johnson, Pops Foster, and Paul Barberin. So that will be our set, the High Tension, followed by Jersey Lightning, Saratoga Drag, and Panama. 
follow that up with too much that was uh, one of the greats uh, rarely did a studio performance of a big band then or any time reach that level of, of, of drive and just spontaneity um, I don't know how much music was written for that and that was a tune that the New Orleans players of course were all familiar with and that might have just evolved over performances that might not have been any written music you never know anyway that was Panama we finished up with uh, we started out with High Tension that David B tune that actually had some some uh, similarities to Panama in a few ways 
Jersey Lightning after that, and then that slower, not draggy, but slow version of the Saratoga Drag, all featuring Louis Russell and his orchestra, 1929 to 1930. Red Allen on trumpet, Otis Johnson on trumpet as well, J.C. Higginbottom on trombone, uh, Albert Nicholas on clarinet, Charlie Holmes on alto sax, uh, in that case either Greeley Walton as on the last one, or Teddy Hill on tenor sax, Louis Russell doing some nice piano work in there too. Uh, he didn't get a lot of solos, but he had a few on that set. Uh, Will Johnson on guitar and banjo, Pops Foster on bass, and Paul Barbin on drums, occasionally on vibraphone as well. So that was the Louis Russell Band, and hope you've enjoyed this program. This is some outstanding music uh, from that period. It wasn't uh, innovative particularly, but it was very deeply felt and influential in its own way, especially in that four-beat rhythm. So, you've been listening to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. If you'd like to sponsor us, become a member of our family, please let us know and uh, hit that little button and allow you to make a one-time gift or, if you'd like, a sustaining monthly sponsorship. And uh, again, we'd love to have some members of the family. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about us, uh, hit me up on my social media pages, Instagram and Facebook, my band name, Wolverine Jazz Band. Also, WolverineJazzBand.net. So thank you very much. Hope you tune in and uh, see what we're doing on a regular basis. And I'll see you on the other side.